Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Please tell the audience, how come we haven't podcasted in three weeks? Please, well, tell us. Um, as you can tell from my extremely tired voice, uh, I have a new son. I have a new child who is about two weeks old now, and he is friggin' adorable, and he's also a handful. We love him so much. Uh, God, it's, it's, it, it's kind of like being on jet lag and never not recovering from jet lag you know what i mean i know that jay you you've done this twice i don't even know how you 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 did it once for for one uh but i'm very impressed and and dre whenever if you decide if you if that ever happens if that miracle ever happens you got i got i had jay now you have the both of us to kind of lean towards and i'm glad i have you too let's put it that way just so i can like one think about other things outside of just baby stuff because i've gotten like cases of formula i have cases of diapers my amazon is just all about baby stuff but finally whenever i talk to you guys it's like about the outside world so give me what's going on in the outside world please (laughs) please for the love of god (laughs) well additionally uh not to go against your wishes but uh in case uh, the listeners at home didn't didn't catch this vibe this is uh not only are you a, a dad this is your first child so yes. like this is like this not is that any child. child is more special than the other, but like for you, this is your first. You're yeah. you're truly at a new step in your life. So again, congratulations Absolutely. to you, to to you and the I misses. Um, Can I just? I also just want to say that like my my wife Christine is a, she is an absolute like warrior at having to go and I, this might be too too much information but <laughs> we we so it it happened in like in in the morning like we went to to labor in the morning and then it was like 20 hours of labor and even Ooh. still we still had to go through an operation of a c-section and she's recovering still but like man she is like the, the woman out there uh mother is out there unbelievable you 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 are absolute warriors what you have to go through and i'm i'm just watching i'm I'm not even taking care of noah as much as christine of course but 
all I have to do as as her partner is just be there for her because that's that's all you can do, right? You you can as long as she's there for the child, you have to be there for for her, and that's what I I think that's that's the advice I want to give to any anybody starting this new journey. Uh, and and also having like a a good group of people around you is very 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 important too. You know that's why I'm glad I have you guys. Yeah, yeah. And I can't contribute much outside of support, but you have a two time father here. Uh, obviously, yeah, Jamie's been doing this for a while. Your eldest is over ten now, I believe. Correct. Yeah, we've got twelve year old, nine year old. But you know yep. what? It's 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 feels new. Er- each time right so yeah congratulations man like we've told Thank you this you, before on the pod but like um nothing quite prepares you for parenthood until you know that baby comes out and uh you guys are you guys are off to a rock and start right and i i hope so i i hope so i think it's like you're just trying you're learning literally every day and you can be prepared as much as you can you could read all the books and blogs and get all the advice or whatever but n- literally nothing that's the best advice i got nothing will prepare you for what's to come with the baby because every baby every baby is different every person is different every parent is different so it just depends on like you know what whatever the baby needs you 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 try to provide whatever my wife needs i try to provide you know and it's not the same for everybody <sighs> but i'm i'm tired <laughs> i'll give you that much <laughs> man. Sleep, sleep deprivation is a real thing but that doesn't mean that i don't get to watch the raptors we try our best to watch the raptors um i don't know about the when they go on a west coast swing but right now we're we're trying we're trying to get us uh teach them young and and i i just hope to god that you know noah's not a boston celtics fan or, or something like that <laughs> that was gonna be my first hypothetical was like, <laughs> it was like what if they grow up and they want to be a Celtics fan? Uh, Where's that going to come from, though? Who's going to tell them to do that? Well, see, this that, is the thing. That's a uh, that's a when they're like a teenager type thing. Right? Let's be rebellious, yeah, against. And I haven't minded my own, but like at this age, for the first like ten years, you're totally molding that yourself. So. Yeah, eh? but and see, th- this is what I think about. Like for our friend from South of the Six, Adam Corsair, he became a Raptors fan, or he became a Blue Jays fan, uh, when they were winning the World Series, right? Mm-hmm. And he's from Boston, so I mean, by the time let's say you know Noah's like. Uh, of a like 10 or 12 or something where where his mind is very moldable and a team that the rafters are obviously have a rival with let's say bucks or milwaukee or 76ers if they win during that time and i'm just like because i don't of course i want to be like i'm a raptors fan i will forever be a raptors fan but you know you can do whatever you want you can love whoever you want just stick with that team and if they they decide to go with the boston Celtics and have green I'm gonna hurt. I'm gonna hate myself for that, man. That's, that's, a, hard, that's a hard pill to swallow, right? Hey, um, yeah. The Celtics are at least a, a winning franchise. You know, if they were a fan of like something a little bit more crap, you know. Oh man, I would love. I would love if he was like a Kings fan. That'd be awesome. <laughs> at that point, it's oh, okay, excluding this year because they're actually doing okay. But can you yes, imagine? It's true. like uh, if this was like last year and your son's like uh, 15, and it's like. I love Sacramento, and it's like, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? I like purple. What, in... what can I say? <laughs> hey, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, but as you know, that's the thing. I think we want them to stick with a team, no matter what, it, it, through through good and bad. Because for all of us, for us Raptors fans, we went through the bad. Come on, we went through the shit, right? And now we're kind of reaping the benefits of being patient. 
But anyways, yeah. welcome to That's a Red Podcast. <laughs> podcast by Raptors fans. For Raptors fans, yes. As Jay said, we've kind of been hiatus because I, I'm a new dad. And uh, these these guys have been very patient with me, and I appreciate it. And I, I just I love the fact that I can uh, you know go back to you guys whenever I need to talk about the outside world. That outside world for me is the Toronto Raptors. But you know, not not only are the Raptors, but also just like the NBA at large. And I know Jay, I thought you had some. Actually, you know what? I want to ask you guys real quick. So the Raptors just played the Lakers without. And the Lakers were without LeBron James and AD, so it was a pretty easy win for the Raptors. Uh, but when you see LeBron James, you automatically think, okay, he's the biggest name outside of maybe Steph Curry. Uh, so that means who's the biggest name in Toronto? Drake. Drake was also at the game. Drake was also with his son, Adonis. And there was this viral video of Adonis wanting all the candies in the world, right? And uh, Drake was Drake basically gave him two options, Skittles or Sour Patch Kids. Boys, big question, Skittles? Or Sour Patch Kids? Oh, that's a no-brainer for me. Um, Ooh, I do love Skittles, but I'm going with Sour Patch Kids all day. Ooh. Jay, what are you at? I had to mute myself because Mochi was going crazy. I think he wants both. But I'm uh. going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with. Uh, ooh, this is actually literally. This is really tough, actually. Uh, yeah, right. I'm going to really get the slight edge to Skittles, but. I'm good at either. I, you yeah. know why I'm going to. I like sour patch kids. Don't get me wrong. Sour patch. If there's a good batch of sour patch kids, which I just had, they're they're like second to none. But Skittles, Skittles, I give the the edge to it because they are, they're kind of like the beginning of a chewing gum, all the time, which I love. And you basically get to eat the beginning part of the chewing gum. Is that, I don't know if that makes any. Well, no, that's sense, it's but. good because like then. The, the the crappy parts of the chewing gum is when it loses its flavor, but you don't have to deal exactly. with it. Exactly. Skittle. I like exactly. that. Exactly. You just true. eat it, and then you can just, you know, swallow it and put a couple more of the rainbow in your mouth. So I'm going to go with the Skittles. Uh, two, two on one, Dre. So we're going with Skittles on this podcast. <laughs> um, uh, okay, All right. Well, so, you won't hear from me again. Uh, yeah, no, right. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I do really like Skittles. It's not like um, I'm like viciously against them. It's just like I just have Sour Patch Kids more, but Skittles are really good. You know, there are obviously oh. candies that I really don't care for at all. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Okay, well, how about this, Trey? Sour Patch Kids or Fuzzy Peaches? Ooh, this is shoot. like... Um, th- okay. Oh, uh, okay. This um, is what the audience wants, man. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, my all-time favorite candy of that sort are... And of course, it's always the things that we love the most are the hardest to get or the most underappreciated. You can yes. get every other main art snack at you know the cinemas and everything but uh cherry blasters you can't and those are those are my favorite cherry blasters are the best the absolute best i really like fuzzy peaches but they're all and like all all cherry blasters are all the same as well but i could like i could get sick eating too many i just love them so much fuzzy Mm. peaches not really the same i love fuzzy peaches but i love a little bit of variety so let's go with uh and I just love sour in general. So uh, my tongue Fair. hates me for how much I love sour and spicy. So um, uh, Sour Patch Kids between the two. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, in, in case, uh, Raptor fans, let us know what is your favorite candy. Skittle, Sour Patch Kids, Fuzzy Piece, or are we like mixing something? I I love nibs. Nibs is underrated. Uh, okay. Are, so let's, nibs let's think. Nibs are like N- that nibs little. Nibs are like tiny Twizzlers. Yes. Oh, those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those I, are uh, underrated, it's, man. It's fuzzy Peach. 
then Swedish berries, then Ooh, Skittles, Swedish berries are good. Then sour patch kids. So the, what yeah, about cherry I feel blasters? Like, oh yeah, cherry blasters is like I don't know. I, I'd say it's like a tie with sour patch kids. That's like, fair. I love them all. They are they are quite they're not similar, but they're quite similar. <laughs> See, this is what like when we when we go through Halloween, people always talk about what's your favorite like chocolate bar, but like the candy portion is pretty important too. You know? Actually, to do a bit of an aside, even though this is not a Halloween based episode, but because you brought it up, uh, to give you a bit of a ten month head start, um, okay, my girlfriend Victoria, who's lovely, and I I will always give her a shout out when I can. Um, She's best. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Uh, she had the idea of because you know we just moved into a basement and um we're in a neighborhood now before we were in a condo mm. why don't we just dress up go out and like not go door to door because like nobody's going to give us candy but just relive that day and uh you know just see everybody else trick-or-treating and it was like one of the most nostalgic things i've ever done and it kind of made me nice. realize like christmas is a little bit different you're not going to get christmas again when you're a kid but when you become a parent you know, it's like you get to live through your kids and, you know, their Christmas traditions. Mm-hmm. But you get to have it for like two months because, you know, everybody celebrates Christmas earlier and earlier now. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really get that Halloween thing anymore unless you have kids and you go door to door with them. It was just a really nice nostalgic thing. And I highly recommend. Uh, I mean, you both have. Well, you have a child now, Jason. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. you know, in general, just I miss that. I miss that so much. So. Yeah, I I recommend doing that. And uh, lo and behold, to bring things back to the original topic, kind of, um, some some older parents and stuff felt bad for us and actually gave us candy. So yeah, we got that too. Was it like like the old candy from the jar, from the glass jar, and it's all stuck together? They were full like bars actual? of Kit Kats, not even the bite Ooh. size. They were like full Kit Kats and full like Mr. Bigs, I think. Oh, oh it was my great. god, Mr. Big. Mr. Yeah. Big is my favorite. Okay, okay. Let's not sorry. <laughs> thanks a lot, Drake. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks to Adonis. God. <laughs> Jeez. Thanks for picking out candies for us. All right. Uh, we gotta talk about the Raptors, of course. Um, and I think one of the biggest topics you would say when it comes to the Raptors is who is coming off the bench and who is starting. And right now at the moment, I think the biggest name right now would be Gary Trent Jr. I think he's been, to me, watching as much as I can while holding a baby is struggling. Um, I wouldn't say he's like, you know, in in a rut or anything like that. I think, he, you know, a player goes, every season is ups and downs. And I think right now he's like on the upswing, but he's still on the lower end of the upswing, if that makes any sense. Right yeah. now, as of, you know, 22 games in, he is averaging lower in a field goal per three percentage free throw percentage he's averaging uh a little bit higher in points but um he's still not making that that impact that we've wanted him to be so i wanted to ask you guys jay dre jay let's let's start with you first do you think gary trent should continue coming off the bench or do you think he should go back to as a starter position I like where he's at um, as coming off the bench. I mean, his his numbers, his minutes actually have been almost similar to when he was a starter. So yeah. Nick is still using him quite a lot. Um, he's not closing games. He's not starting games, but he's getting the meat of his minutes in the middle, right? And 
it works. Um, it's something that we all discussed before the season that it kind of, um, uh, I guess, balances out the starters and the bench, right? And what we've seen mm-hmm. up until this point is that the Raptors have one of the lowest scoring benches in the league. And having someone that can create his own offense and and score uh, on his own is is Gary Trent Jr. And, and having that come off the bench is a good thing. Um, yes, his his scoring is definitely down. His shooting numbers are down. Um, he hasn't quite rediscovered the outstanding three point shooting that we were kind of hoping for. Yeah, um, and that we saw in bits in the beginning of the season. Um, but he's also you know trying to work his way back into Nick Nurse's good graces, I guess you could say. His Nick Nurse did kind of inadvertently, indirectly call him out um, during his absence, you know, and, and when he came back, it was like, okay, well, you're going to be coming off the bench. And I would say that it's been uh, a good addition, um, whether or not Mochi agrees with me. Um, but I, I think him coming off the bench is a good thing because then as we work through who that fifth starter is, lately it's been Christian Coloco, I mean, let's just remember, like, Precious is two is going to come back pretty yeah. soon. Um, yeah. Dad Young has had some spot starts here and there, and he's done pretty well. So I, I like how, how it's working out right now. Um, I, I don't know. Dre, do you think that, that Gary should actually be in, this, in the starting role? And, and uh, is that our best starting five? I think one of the worst takes I've ever had on this pod was that when we first got Gary Trent Jr., that he was like, getting really good and was like on his way to potentially being like a fringe all-star for the team. Um, That was, uh, that was like a straight up Charles Barkley, Kendrick Perkins type take by me. And I apologize. Um, I don't want to be like too heavy handed on him, but like to your, like to your defense, he was playing out of his mind. At one point. Yes. Yeah. At one point he, like we can see the potential of what Gary Trent can do. Yeah. And I, I think that because we don't have such a we don't have a very good bench and, and he's playing on the bench right now and he's still not producing as much as we want him to, then that's why it's it's kind of we're, we're kind of lowballing him. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't think you're like, I, I still see potential. You know, I, I, I don't go against what you thought about Gary Trent yet. Yet. I still feel like it was OK. There's a difference between like playing really well and being an all star because the all star position is really reserved like you're not going to get a lot of a lot of people in that position um you only have like you know x amount of people per year so i still think it's a relatively cold like like a like a not good take because he could still be really good in the same way that like a boucher could be really good or Mm. uh so many other players I could be like pointing out, but you know, it's, it's kind of arbitrary and you know, the point stays the same. You could be a really good player. Like, okay, let's say like in the same way that OG has been a really good player for us for a number of years and he was never an all-star or um, Van Vliet only finally became an all-star last year. Um, Regardless, you know, as it stands right now, he's far from all-star potential, which you can't really be a six man and be an all-star. Um, I, if that has happened, uh, please, uh, my fellow statisticians, please let me know and historians. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, when it comes to this, is he underperforming? I would, you know, there's a difference between me setting such high expectations, but also 
uh, him underperforming. I feel like I set expectations too high, as did a lot of us, but I do feel like he is underperforming a little bit. And what do you, uh, where do you want him to be? Like, is there like a point uh, spread that, that you want him to be like, oh, plus 20, plus 30 when it comes to points? Because you know that he's going to put up some steals perhaps, but he's not going to pass great. the ball. So, yeah. so that's, that's going to be his list, his like test. So, there was like my my what my point is is that he's only had one thirty point game thirty plus point game that was when we were you know getting destroyed by New Orleans. Yeah. Everything else has been you know mid tens twenties kind of thing. So I want to know what twenties well, is okay is the tennis shot. Twenties yeah. is okay, but like let's say fifteen to twenty five consistently because he's not yeah. going to be the number one. I, and, well, this is this is the the whole part about him coming off the bench and and possibly altering our expectations right do the expectations change because he's coming off the bench like if we knew that coming into the season then maybe our expectations of him being a 20 point scorer are unrealistic right yeah so Mm. i'm just wondering if like if he's going to be coming off the bench for the rest of the season maybe we just need to tweak our expectations from a bit and if he's averaging um right now he's he's already at close to 17 points i think that's that's pretty damn good for someone that's yeah your bench player struggling right? so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's and struggling true too right so i don't know i yeah. I, uh, I think that what we're getting at him is kind of what you would expect i think it's just more you know to dre's point earlier about um you know having a bit of a higher ceiling that we're expecting out of him um mm-hmm. was also because we assumed that he would be that starter right and his trajectory was pointing up so i i, I kind of get where he's coming from in terms of okay gary's kind of disappointed here but this this uh, demotion, as it were, to the bench may actually be good for him in the long run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let, let's you know, we have to put it bluntly. Once you go to the bench, you know, however much you want to say it, that is a demotion, right? There's there there's a reason. Like you're not going to see Pascal or G going to come off the bench. So with the with Gary coming off the bench, you're like, okay, there's something going on, and. I think that hit like not only us as fans who are just watching from the couch, I think he also has high, like ha- has a high heat ceiling for himself. Right. So coming off the bench is probably not something that he wants to do, but it could be something that, you know, puts a fire on his butt for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I think once he gets that consistent, like one to one steal, two steals a game, plus like a 20, 25 point, he's going to stay, on the on the starting lineup, especially when Otto Porter comes back, Precious Achua comes back. Uh, once we have the whole line comes back together, Gary is the one guy who's going to spread the floor the most. He's whenever you see what like whenever Raptors fans watch watch the games. Whenever Raptors are in transition, Gary is never going in the paint to clog up the paint. He's always going to go and run to the uh, the three point line in the corner or anywhere just to spread the floor. And if he's not going to consistently hit that three, hit that three mark, because right now, again, he's only 32.9%. I think he can go up to 40. Once he gets there, then he's going to be back in the starting lineup. So I agree with you, Jay. I think he should continue to stay off, or to continue to come off the bench, especially if he's still going to play 30 to 30, 33 plus minutes. Yep. I feel the same way. And I don't really have anything else to add to that. Just he's got potential. It's not that he's not trying. Um, yeah, it's true. The, the one thing I see about coming off the bench, uh, you know, outside of somebody like a Lou Williams or whatever, uh, you know, you're absolutely right about it being a demotion. But in the case of somebody like a Lou Williams, 
it's not a demotion. It's just managing somebody's best strengths. But uh, in every situation, because otherwise it's a it's a demotion. But I do feel that that's that rings true in every other situation because you're coming off the bench. You're basically playing with a different team. You're not playing with just the starters. Fair. You're playing with whatever's assembled after the fact and figuring it out. So in the case of um, Gary Trent Jr., yeah, he's not starting, but at the same time, this gives him an opportunity to really exercise what he could do and mm. um, what his best strengths are, how to get out of this funk, I feel like. So mm-hmm. uh, we can look at it negatively, but at the same time, to both of your points, this could be exactly what he needs to grow. I like that. No, I definitely like that. Like usually he's playing with the starters uh, and his role is cemented by being that three and D guy. But now he has to be more of like a playmaker when he's playing with like Chris Boucher or or Coloco or or even Barnes. But he's coming off the bench. So, yeah, no, this this could be in a positive note. This could be a very great, great way for Gary to kind of get out of that funk. Don't just be the shooter, but be that score that you've always been and you always touted yourself to be. So another score and 3 and D guy, and everything for that matter, OG Ananobi. I know we talked about him the last uh, episode, but okay, we're about, what, 22 games? We're, we're, I want to say we're about a quarter way through, a little bit uh, less than a quarter way through. I don't want to start, like, saying who should be All-Star and who shouldn't be All-Star, but can we say OJ, OG might be All-Star potential? Yeah, we can. And okay, uh, cool. we are... <laughs> okay. We're actually over the quarter mark of this of the season, and uh, I think there's enough evidence to say that at the very least she should be in the conversation. Um, I, I do want to open this up for discussion to you both. Okay. However, I did write an article about this uh, on last week's the wrap up. I did kind of iron out a game plan for all star balloting. Um, and, and how people can vote and help OG get into the all-star game. Should I go through that first or should you guys, should I let you guys go first? Like you guys tell so, me what your, your answer is to this. And then I'll, I'll see if maybe I can fill in some gaps there on, on how the balloting might, might favor or maybe not favor hmm. OG and Anobi. Maybe we'll go with what your for, question was first here in terms of him, him being Oslo potential. Like, what do you guys feel? Yeah. Where do you, where do you guys plan on this? But I don't think so. <laughs> for like right off the bat, I don't like he's playing, he's playing phenomenally. I think OG is playing the best that he's been playing uh, as a Raptor right now. This is what exactly what we wanted. His points are way up at 19.2 rebounds are up, assists are up, field goals are up, uh, free throws are up. Oh my, like he's, he's going crazy. And, and of course we can't not uh, surpass the fact that he is the, the number one in steals in the NBA, but I don't think the NBA fans really reward that when it comes to all-stars and as like a small forward, there are plenty of small forwards uh, in especially the East that he has to uh, surpass. So that's why I don't think he's going to be an all star. He should be in the vote. You know, when you, they released the, the the numbers and you can see like who's like the top 10 or something like that. He's going to be up there. He's going to be in there. I just don't think he's going to get there as an all star just yet. I think as soon as Pascal was back, that was it. Um, hmm. we uh, we've got a couple of things that have always hindered us as the Toronto Raptors. 
first off, do we have an entire country voting for our team? Sure, we do. But we also don't have the numbers that like either of the New York, California, Texas teams have. Um, we don't. We don't have the numbers that Boston has. Um, and furthermore, this season, let's be real, have we had a lot going against us? Sure, but our record isn't the prettiest. I don't think we're yeah. going to get the two All-Stars if we even get the one. We're not going to get the two All-Stars, so it's going to have to be one or the other. And Pascal's been really good. Pascal's been really good in general. Um, Ochi's great. Look, if we were like the Raptors team of a couple of years ago, not the exact team, but like where we were in standing, like second in the East behind the Bucks, or even first in the East, uh, certainly first in our division, like whatever it might be, uh, great record. And I think it would be a different story. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as of like right now, like there's a good chance, even with a record, if if we got like a better record, there's a good chance we might not even get any all-stars because Again, it's about the user vote for the most part, and I do know that the uh, the bench is voted upon by other people, but the East is very competitive. The East is very competitive, um, and if we as a nation are voting, and that's what's helped us get people in the All Star game at you know at at any point was because I feel like our numbers are good enough to vote in one. It's not like what happened with. Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins. We just don't have enough people. We also don't have BTS. Maybe that's what we should do. We should contact BTS and be like, hey, you know how you feel about Andrew Wiggins? Feel this way about OG Ananobi. You know, he'll be there. <laughs> he, he will start. They will name the that's team after him at that point. That's a good, that, you know, it's a good way. Dre, it's Jay, actually uh, something that, that one of our, one of our uh, friends of the podcast, a uh, friend of mine, the, the Heidi Report on Twitter mentioned, right? He's, if you want to get OG to the All-Star game, just latch on to one of the K-pop stars, right? BTS is kind of mm-hmm. covered. Um, oh, somebody else already has this idea. Oh, man. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's, it, it, was, it happened last year. Right? I mean, you, you referenced it already, but it's just more yeah. an extension of that, which is, okay, we'll latch on to another K-pop star and see if they can uh, highlight some Raptors here. Um, sorry, Jason, did I cut you off? I think you were going to say something. No, I was just saying that I know that you had an article that's saying that OG should be in the All-Star. So let us know what your thoughts are, since both my, myself and Dre probably don't see him there yet. Well, you know, it, it, was, it took a lot of... Um, massaging of of the rosters there and honestly i i couldn't really land on a scenario where og does land in the all-star team but let me just clarify one bit here i do think uh well there's a couple things there are a few locks i think we can all agree on on the locks before we even get into that um numbers wise you can have as many as i believe it's seven bigs on the all-star team It's it's a roster of 12 you have five bigs five guards and then two wild cards right um okay. if we say that because the, the the front court is very loaded um we can already say that there are some locks here right Giannis um wait who, who is it it was Tatum Giannis uh Embiid KD. Brown KD and Siakam I had as a as a lock so that's my five mm. locks Okay. And Siakam for me is a lock because his numbers are absolutely incredible. Like the the points, rebounds, assists, only I think it's Doncic and Jokic are the only two who match 
Siakam in terms of points, rebounds, assists. So, you know, if we're going to talk about how Doncic is an MVP candidate and how Jokic is an MVP candidate, then how come Siakam is not mentioned in the same breath if he's averaging the same numbers and his team's record is Mm -hmm. almost similar? So um, this is why I have Siakam. If Siakam... If Siakam isn't a lock from the fans, he's going to be a lock from the the, the yeah. coaches and the and the media. Yeah, and I think that 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 happens. And and I see the point about and and I'll bring this up again, but like I see the point why. Okay, maybe Siakam is not a lock because the record is not there. But then we can make the same argument for 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 Kevin Durant or, or Joel Embiid, right? So, but they also have the popularity. Understood. Well, totally understand. Yeah. yeah, and here's where the popularity helps the Raptors. Where mm-hmm. okay, well maybe Embiid or or Durant will get more fan votes, but that only accounts for one third, right? There is still the media portion, and there is still the players portion, right? Uh, so yes. let's let's throw that aside for a second, and let let's lock in Siakam as as a shoe in, and if even if he's not a shoe in, at least someone who will get in as a, as a res- well, I mean, I am saying he's going to get in as a reserve. So there's our five. And that only leaves you with two wild cards. And Dre, you already mentioned Jalen Brown is probably going to get a lot of love. Oh yeah, mainly oh, he because has to. He, yeah, absolutely. And and he's ridiculous. But okay, let me ask you this before I continue: Why Jalen Brown? Is it because of the record of the Celtics, or because of his individual play, or some combination? It's both. Two? Both. It's both. Okay, that's fair. Well, especially because I feel like a lot of the All Star game is a kudos to the playoffs the year before, like in the same way yeah. that yeah. Kawhi was getting as much love because of what happened with the the Raptors championship, for instance, you know, people were still riveted by that in the same way that I feel like the all-star game is almost prophetic. The last couple of um, all-star game MVPs uh, have like one on gone on to win the championship. So like uh, Steph Curry was finals MVP for the first time ever after he got the all-star game one Um, to go back on topic. uh, I don't think people have forgotten how much the uh, Celtics' success last year in the playoffs was not because of Tatum, it was because of Jalen Brown. Yeah, yeah. So totally fair what, what you guys are saying. And I, and I agree with you, right, that how how a team does in the previous playoffs, fairly or unfairly, does impact how all-star voting goes the, the subsequent year, regardless of how they play. But a quick scan, if you were to like throw out last year, because again, we're not giving people all stars for how they did last year. We're looking at how they're doing this year. Oh, that's true. From that's a, true. From a numbers perspective, Jalen Brown and OGN and Obi have very similar numbers. Like Jalen Brown, yes, he he has more points, which is the, the eye-catching part of what he provides to his team. Um, but OG passes him on several other metrics. So my argument with Jalen Brown, OG, and Obi is that on an even playing field, that being like they're both on a team with similar records, yeah. you'd probably at least consider putting OG over Jalen because he he is a defensive player of the year um, candidate, candidate, right? Yeah. But having said that, I agree with you. Jalen Brown should be one of those two wild cards. And then it's a matter of can OG somehow make it in over Jimmy Butler? And the short answer is no, right? You, 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 my, Jimmy Butler is the leader of the Miami Heat. He is their best player. He should definitely, he definitely deserves an all-star spot over Toronto getting a second all-star. However, yeah. Miami hasn't gone above 500. They've been toiling yeah, around in 10th all season long. Like at what point do you just say, 
he's in the same boat as someone like, I don't know, Bradley Beal of the Wizards or, or Paulo Banquero of the Magic, where, yes, they're leading, but like, how, how good is that if they're sub 500 and playing around in, in lottery land, right? So that's one argument against Jimmy Butler being an all-star. And, and then the other one um, being that um, they, they they haven't touched 500 yet. Like that's that's... I don't know. At what point do you just say, okay, if they continue to stay in this area of being sub 500 and lottery bound, and then meanwhile, Toronto, as they get healthier, maybe they see a boost in their record and they end up in like, let's say the top three in the East by all-star game, you know, maybe they do need a, they do warrant a second all-star. But to both of your points, like right now, if the voting were to happen right now, yeah, Butler will make it over OG and OG doesn't deserve Probably. it. And that's not even yeah. jumping into all of the other um, backcourt guys um, that could make the all-star team like Brooke Lopez or Evan Mobley, right? There's there so many other bigs that can put their hat in the ring here. So mm. OG's got a more uphill battle here. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Let's hope that OG makes it, but you're talking about logics when it comes to the all-star. It doesn't happen. It only happens when it, it possibly, possibly like just like when Fred VanVleet was voted in as well um from from the media and the coaches but let's see let's hope og has been playing out of his mind uh but we'll see if he continues this too because he is the most consistent of the raptors especially been playing all of the games this season but let's take a little bit of a break let's come back and we'll uh we'll step away from the raptors we'll talk about the nba as a whole all right talk to you guys soon all-star game brought you by whatever that just was i'm not even gonna pretend <laughs> Wait, i know what this, it was. this year is going to be in utah am i mistaken uh, i don't remember. oh i should have been prepared with this one right oh, shoot. i don't i don't remember in... yes utah in utah okay okay i know there are maybe one or two more places that have never had a all-star and i don't know at the top of my head but i know that utah is probably one of them um oh well welcome back to the uh that's a rap podcast a podcast by raptors fans for raptors fans in the beginning of the episode i was talking about of course the, my uh my newborn child and why we haven't been on the air for a while and i thank you for your patience we also talked about what is your better uh, which one do you prefer skittles or sour patch kids i for one like the skittles and also you know predominantly about the raptors What's going on with Gary Trent Jr.? Should he stay? Should he start or should he bench? As well as the OG All Star possibilities. Now, let's look into the NBA as a whole. There's a whole bunch of storylines that are going on. Uh, Jay, why don't you kind of throw out some of these? Will this happen? Will this not? Possibilities when it comes to uh, the NBA. What are your thoughts, bro? Yeah, now that we're into 
the second week of December, you know, most teams have played approximately about 25 games, so they're well over the quarter mark of the, their respective seasons. It's a good starting point to start to say, okay, well, this is no longer small sample size. What is real and what isn't? And some things are mm-hmm. kind of jumping out to me. So the first thing that jumps out to me as we record this on December the 9th is that the New Orleans Pelicans are first in the West. That is uh, crazy. Whoever I thought know, that was going to happen. A lot of us did. You know, we did like them uh, preseason. But that is that? Uh, <laughs> I know exactly that. That much is this? Is this have staying power? Uh, Dre, I'll throw it over to you first. Do you think the Pelicans a can stay in first and finish off number one in the regular season in the West, or b do they at least have staying power in terms of being a uh, a top four and having home court during the playoffs? I'm going to say no to the number one seed because the West is very competitive. Um, I mean, what else is new? Uh, it's more of an anomaly when they're not. Um, but in terms of them being really good, yeah. Because look at how they were a fringe playoff team when Zion was down and like down for the count. As long as Zion could stay healthy, which I know is a very big if, um, I think they for sure have a have a chance to be like really good. But um to go back to this question, they're looking really good. You know, Ingram's looking really good. Um they they have they just have a lot going on, I feel like. And even without Zion, they look like they were at least like competent. But now with Zion and Zion's putting up some pretty good numbers i would say i would say they won't i don't want to make a bull take they won't drop out of top five this season they're going to end within top five okay well right right now they're i'm just looking at some stats they are top five in the west i need to clarify (laughs) okay top five in the west so right now they are top five in points uh, they are top five in field goal percentage, and they are top five in put in points differential. So offensively, they're incredible. Defensively, they're also actually really long and really like heavy dudes down there, and they aren't even that one hundred percent healthy. I mean, I mean, again, I'm I'm not going to say that I watch Pelicans all the time, but I mean, the one time that we did face against them, Ingram wasn't even there, CJ McCollum wasn't there, but the fact that they have them coming back is pretty scary and zion is finally healthy shoot i want to say i want to put it out there i think they can stay number one i really do actually i forgot about cj mccollum he's a very big reason why they are where they are not to say that he was not doing well with portland but i feel like as bad as it sounds him leaving was what helped Dame and himself as much as possible. I feel like they're both truly yeah. shining independently. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I, I yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go down like a, a a peg or two, but I mean, they're really they're really freaking good. Like, uh, they 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 take care of home uh home court. They're they're almost they're a little bit above five hundred when they're they're away. I, I, Jay, am I am I crazy on this one? Do you think the Pelicans can be number one for 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 this foreseeable future? I think so. I think they have some staying yeah. power. At the very least, yes. I think that they can finish in the top three. Number one is within their grasp. I mean, they're, when I did their um, the, the preview for the, the game against the Raptors uh, a, 
couple of weeks ago, looking up and down, there's quite, they're incredibly deep, right? And, and mm-hmm. they have guys listed all over all the leaderboards in the NBA. It's not just a one man show here, right? I mean, you think about Ingram being in, in the in number four in three point field goal percent. Zion is all over the scoring uh, charts. Um, Jose Alvarado among steal percentage, Larry Nance Jr. block percentage, Jonas Valanciunas around rebound percentages. Like these guys are all over. And then that's not even saying the guys that don't contribute on the stat sheet, but you know are ballers like Herb Jones, who is a who's going to probably end up on the all defense team, or or Trey Murphy, who is among the league leaders in true shooting percentage. I'm just listed to you seven guys. And I haven't even mm-hmm. talked about CJ McCollum, who's propping up in my fantasy team. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, it is, it is a very deep team. I think that that depth will definitely come in handy for, you know, a we're we're seeing injuries happening across the league, and what'll help you survive is if you have a deep team. And I think that they have one of the deepest in the league. They are amazing offensively, as the Raptors saw recently, and they are top five defensively. They are kind of a perfect team right now, and it's hard to find any holes there. So, And they have the pieces to make trades if they really want to go all out for this season, right? I mean, that's how mm-hmm. you break through the clutter mm-hmm. uh, in a jumbled season like this where parity reigns supreme. They have the means to do a Kevin Durant trade if they really wanted to, right? So, like, it's there's a lot to like about the Pels. I think they have staying power. Um, I like so, it. Yeah. That's... Uh, that's not how I saw that ending, to be honest. I, <laughs> I posed that question thing. No, we'll all say they'll fall off. Actually, no. no. Uh, let's go over to the East, where we have two underperforming teams. I mentioned the Heat already. Uh. They have yet to be over 500. Uh, and then we have the Chicago Bulls in 12th. Both of them. Um, that one's even worse. Where who's Is anyone of those teams making the playoffs? Are, are they lottery or one of them lottery bound? Like... What what what's the feeling here? Is Demar Derozan going to be traded? Is is Ooh, does Miami I've Heat have another that. big trade? Like it's let's let's what, what do we think about the Heat and the Bulls? Uh, Jason, let's start with you. Bulls uh, probably going to stay below the the ten mark. The Heat, I don't see it. I don't foresee it. Jimmy Butler is way too good of a player. They have Kyle Lowry. They have Tyler Hero. They have Bam and Abayu. They that they they're too good. The Heat are too good to be 10th right now. Their Heat are too good to be underneath the Knicks right now and above the Wizards. Come on. Let's be real. But the Bulls, the Bulls is a different story. Um, uh-huh. I feel bad for DeMar, but I don't think that team can stay healthy. Like, Zach Levine is not 100%. Uh, Caruso is not 100%. It, the ball is, in, is, in, is not even 50%. Like, they, they just aren't going to stay healthy. And I ball don't is see anything them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't see them. Uh, I don't think DeMar, I think DeMar is fantastic. Obviously, we, uh, Raptor fans are going to always, uh, uh, you know, ride or die with DeMar. But he's not going to be the savior for this team. And is he going to get traded? Probably not. I think they put gave up to. I, I think they they put up a good amount of money for it to for that staying power. Um, and yeah, I I just don't think that they can they can f- surpass this injury bug and go up towards like the eighth ninth mark. So I think those those the Heat is probably going to get over the hump because you know they're older and they just like are waiting for the playoffs to happen to ramp up the to ramp up their game but the bulls man i don't i just don't see it um yeah 
uh, I'll say this: I could foresee a trade happening with the Heat, and I don't, I don't want to say this on a Raptors podcast. I have a feeling it could be somebody like our our good friend Kyle Lowry. Um, maybe Oladipo to try and figure out, maybe to try and get a big, so Bam could become a, a four instead of a five. Um, I could foresee something like that happening. Um, I can foresee the Heat pulling out of this. I yeah. don't like sounding like this because I don't think I know what I'm talking about entirely all of the time, but I don't think anybody with sports should pretend that they do because a lot of it's <laughs> based on luck and, you know, hypotheticals and so much other stuff. Um, but I know I'm just prefacing this because I just don't want to sound like a, like a real jerk. Um, I I wonder if a lot of the Bulls' success last year was honestly just right place, right time. I know a lot of it, like their struggles now are because of injury, but even their success last year was a lot of that because other teams were injured or they had a really hot start because this is a different story, Ryan. I know a lot of them are injured and that's kind of why they're where they are. But at the same time, let's pretend that they weren't injured. Would they be doing significantly better? They'd be doing better, but would they be doing significantly better in this East? I don't know. And I, even if they get like, let's say hundred percent healthy and all other teams, let's just assume stay the same. Are they really going to be anything higher than play in potential? And that's only because play in is so freaking forgiving mm-hmm. um i don't i don't know it, it kind of makes me sad because i loved seeing damar just bawling out just doing mm-hmm. really well but they're also kind of aging you know like yeah. to think if you're looking i'm thinking about the heat yeah they're a little bit they're a little bit older but their their young players are still really good when it comes to thinking about tyler hero and and bam but like when you look at the bulls yes zach damar lonzo they're 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 great they're good the crews so they're good but then you have like Nikola vucevic andre Drummond, goran Dragic. like they're not really staying power you know like they're <laughs> higher they're just ambition. yeah it just it just doesn't bode right this team isn't really built right i don't i don't i don't know man jay what about you what do you think man yeah i agree with you like the miami's gonna get out of this i mean they they we we speak about injury luck and they're the ones who've been hit probably one of the hardest in the league They're They've got the experience to, to work through this. I think they, they will eventually get out of this. They will eventually at some point get over 500. Um, so I, I'm not too worried about the heat. Um, I don't even think a move is necessarily something that they need. It's just, uh, they just need some injury luck there. Um, and you know that as long as they're in the playoffs, they're a team that no one wants to face. So, I don't foresee any major changes from Miami. Just you know, they get healthier and they kind of move up from there. Uh, as for for the Bulls, yeah, there are not very good signs coming out of that team, right? Um, whether it's mm-hmm. the the Demar Vucevic trade rumors to the Lakers or what, if Lonzo Ball nowhere near coming back. Um, you know, to all your point about this aging roster, I mean, there are kind of some signs here where it's like, okay, well. You're a lot closer to the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes than you are to achieving any kind of success in this season. So why not like 
just bought mm-hmm. him out, right? Um, take whatever the Lakers want to offer for Demar and 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 send him home to LA, or you know, uh, it's 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 kind of a sad situation, but one that the, the writing is starting to show up on the wall for the Bulls. So I don't know. I yeah. uh, I think that 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 there's enough there to that I don't think that Chicago fans should fault them if they kind of go that route. Um, they've invested a lot in Zach Levine, and he's still just 27. I mean, that his trajectory improves greatly if he has a young lottery pick uh, to to ride along with. And you got some great trade assets there, right? With DeRozan and Busevich is on an expiring. Um, so yeah, I I think that that's I, I agree with you guys on on yeah. Miami and Chicago um, projections here. Hey man, um, let's do let's do a straight Russell Westbrook Demar Derozan swap. Let's see what happens. <laughs> let's go, boys. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, I, one last one. We'll make this one quick. Uh, we mentioned this team already. I think we all love them. Light the beam. Uh, the Kings. They are currently yes, fifth. One of the most explosive offenses in the league. Uh, guys, Kings. They're currently fifth. Are, are they? Are they? Are they playoff bound? Like, are they not even Man. like play inbound? But are they playoff bound? I Andre, love let's start with you. Bonus. Go for uh, it. That's it's tough because I can honestly foresee them dropping to play in as a potential. But I don't think. I think the drought is finished. I think they're going to finally end that curse. Ooh-wee. You know, when you have, I mean, listen, you have a team of players that have been dying to win. And now they're all sharing the same passion and the same heart together. Listen, like, I don't think they're going to be guaranteed to go far in the playoffs. But I think they're finally going to make it. I feel like it's still too early in the season to say for sure. Because lest, lest we forget, the Jazz, who were the previous biggest surprise of the season, were first. And now they're far from it. It's a very tight West. And it's like... A lot of teams are like one or two games separate from like, let's say, third to 11th. Like, that's a pretty big drop. And again, it's a tough call, but I could foresee them actually like, yeah, sticking around for the playoffs for sure. I feel like they're all hungry. They all want this. Not even just the players who have been there from the start, like like De'Aaron Fox. We look at Sabonis, who uh, you know was just brought up, and is um, I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's a Jay's all time favorite player next to Chris Weber, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, but uh, Demonte <laughs> uh, uh, Sabonis was previously playing for Indiana, and Indiana also was a bit of a stymieing team. So it's not like he's ever been given the keys to to the Ferrari. He's always had to make do with what he had, and you know, here's a team where everybody's just trying their best and they're kind of hitting that stride. And listen, I'm not a, I'm not a Kings fan necessarily. I'm not going to pretend that I always was this whole time. Um, I do love the color purple though, but it's not enough, but I will (laughs) say this. it, It is nice to see a team. And I say this as a fan of the, of, of the Timberwolves, unfortunately. It's nice to see a team that has struggled for so long finally, like, just, like, clicking and, like, enjoying themselves and just, like, doing yes. well. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I, I honestly love this roster. 
I like Keegan Murray is is maybe not you know obviously not rookie of the year status, but he's he's been playing very well for the for the Kings. I, you got Darian Fox, Demontis Sabonis is one of my all time favorites. Kevin Herter coming off the Hawks, is, you know, shooting lights out. Devon Mitchell, oh my god, like this I I like and and Shadow Saskatoon with Trey Lyles. I love this this team, and I'm so glad to see them, you know. Being being recognized, I guess you know, being finally getting out of the the woodshed of like the tenth, eleventh, twelfth, where you always see that Kings logo in the bottom of the standings, and now they're in that you know range of the four and five. Do I think that they can continue going higher? Probably not. I can see them finishing around the eighth, but yes, Dre, I agree with you. Playoff bound for the Kings. Jay, what about you, man? What do you think? Yeah, they've got they've, they've definitely got uh, staying power. I think that they can you know. I, it wouldn't shock me if they ended the season higher than, uh, let's say the the Jazz uh, and maybe the, the Blazers. Like I can see them ending somewhere in that seven eight range. But if you told me that they ended up right where they are right now, which is in the fifth sixth range, I wouldn't be completely shocked after what I've seen over the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I don't want to stay on this topic for too long, but I will. You know, Dre admitted earlier something that he had predicted that was incorrect. I'm going to have to chime in here and also say the same where I made fun of the Kings, right? When they traded (laughs) away Tyrese Halliburton, who's been an absolute Mm -hmm. superstar and will make an all-star team, uh, will make the all-star team this year. Um, Trading him and Buddy Buddy Heald for for Sabonis, I was like, what are you doing, Sacramento? But this has really turned out in both of the teams' favors. Um, this is one of those yeah. win-win for both teams, uh, where, where both are prospering in new environments. Um, but yeah, especially in Sacramento, where like I think they're you're, to, to Dre's original point, the curse looks like it's going to be broken. Um, and congrats to that that city that that really does need this uh, this boost. So light up that beam. Yeah. <laughs> see those kings in the playoffs again. I think those trades are the best, the ones that are win-win situation, like when it comes to the Pacers and the Kings. And then don't forget the, uh, the, the Jazz Cavs and Cleveland the, as well. Yeah, the Jazz and the Cavs. Yeah. Both teams are doing very well from those trades too. Those are the best trades, I think. Absolutely. So there you have it, Raptors fans. Uh, let us know what you think when it comes to staying past between, between the Pelicans and the Kings. And also, oof, what do you guys think about the Heat and the Bulls? But until then, Jay, where can we find you, brother? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Uh, my weekly article, the wrap-up, goes up every Monday, which previews the Raptors games of the week. We didn't get a chance to talk about it on this episode, but the Raptors do have an upcoming homestand against those Kings. So be sure to look out for that preview on Monday. And uh, that's me. Over to you, Dre. You can find me on Instagram at I am left E Y E A M L E F T. Uh, you could also follow my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F I L M S F A T A L E dot com. No spaces. Uh, I'm not quite sure when yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, finally getting around to my top films and TV series of the year. Uh, I'm not going to prematurely do it like every other publication is doing, but then again, they also have early access to stuff, which I hope I will eventually do. Um, yeah, otherwise you can listen to my other podcast, The K-Cut. Uh, yep, where we talk about movie stuff, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's oh. it for me. 
love it and you can find all of us at that's a rap podcast again it's been it, it's always a pleasure talking to both of you and thank you for being patient with me as i figure out this fatherhood situation my god it is it is a roller coaster but until then raptors fans that's a rap. Walk home, Brittany Griner. Yep. Walk home. Walk home. Walk home. Yes. Walk home.